as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. I love you more than any other, so much more than anything. You alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. Now, as we continue to look at Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 43, and it's the story of Jesus overcoming two more aspects of life under the shadow of death, overcoming disease and then death itself. See, there's a progression in these four stories. First, he's victorious over natural disasters, then he's victorious over demonic oppression, then he's victorious over disease, and then he's victorious over death itself. And here, what I want you to see as we look at the story again, is I want you to think about how both Jairus and the woman are driven to Jesus because of the reality of life that's lived under the shadow of death. But for both of them, what they find is is that if they come to him, Jesus is going to demand more of them than they ever could have imagined. So let's think about Jesus' skills in this story as an emergency doctor. So let's think about his skills of triage. So you have two patients. One patient is a 12-year-old girl on the verge of death. It's an acute situation. And then you have a middle-aged female. Her pain is chronic. It has been going on for 12 years. Now, if both of these patients come into the ER, now, I'm no doctor. Well, not that kind of doctor anyway. Um, I would imagine you would deal with the acute patient first. You would deal with the 12-year-old girl who's on her deathbed. But Jesus intentionally waits in dealing with her or he intentionally stops in the middle of dealing with her to deal with this other patient, this other situation. Now the question is why? Either Jesus is a terrible physician or he's actually dealing with something much more problematic than their physical illness. What he's actually doing is helping both of them, both Jarius and the woman, overcome their deepest problem, which is their weak faith. So notice what he first, um, what he demands of the woman. See, for her, he demands that she make an open, public confession. See, Jarius has already done this. He's already fallen at Jesus' feet, uh, but this woman has not. Notice what she says. She says, if I can just touch him, just touch his garments. See, she actually wants a private experience with Jesus 
but without any public notice or no attention. So she wants to experience his power, but doesn't want to publicly identify with him or his cause. But what we see here is there's actually no experiencing Jesus' power without publicly identifying with him and his cause. And so you have this trembling, shy, fearful woman And the most loving thing that Jesus can do for her is not heal her, but to make her declare publicly before all who touched him. I mean, think about that question in verse 31. Who touched me? He knows who touched him. When Jesus asks questions like this, he's not asking questions to get information. He's asking questions to force people to respond. He's actually making her own it in public because the reality is you can't have his comfort without publicly identifying with him. So you have to, you have to join a church. You have to live openly. There's no such thing as a secret Christian. And so his demand of her is that she publicly own who healed him, what her need was. And that was the most loving thing he could do for her. Notice what's the most loving thing he can do for Jairus. See, he demands that she publicly identify with him, but for Jairus, he delays. I mean, think about the panic that he must have been feeling. His beloved little daughter is dying, and Jesus is the only one that can help, and he seems to be lollygagging. He's walking around, then he's stopping, asking, who touched me, and then talking and dealing with this woman. Push her to the side. Deal with her tomorrow. What are you doing waiting? Come and heal my child. And just hear the desperation when the servants come, and they say, don't trouble the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. And you think about how devastated he must have been in that moment, thinking, why did you delay? Why did you stop? But what he has to learn is that Jesus is on his schedule, not Jairus' schedule. He can't be hurried. And his weak faith is going to be transformed by learning to trust in his delay. Kind of reminds me of Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings when Frodo looks at him and says, you're late. And Gandalf responds, a wizard always arrives exactly when he means to. Jesus is on his own timetable. And we so often, that's such a common human response, is to want Jesus to act on our timetable. But verse 36 is the test for him. Jesus says, do not fear, only believe. Don't be afraid. You have to trust me. You see, many children will bury their parents but no parent should ever bury a child. But that's the situation that Jairus finds himself in. And in that situation, Jesus says, do not fear, only believe. See, his delay is a form of care. But what we see here is that the life under the shadow will drive you to Jesus. But when it does drive you to him, he'll actually demand more of you than you ever could imagine. But tomorrow we'll see in each case that he gives each of them more than they ever could imagine. But until then, remember, his demands and his delays are part of the prescription of the physician of our souls to heal our lack of faith, our deepest sickness. 
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.